You're listening to Give and Go Vikes with Liam and Tyler, supported by the UVic Alumni Association. Good day, everyone, and welcome to Give and Go Vikes, the podcast that should be sponsored by Pinterest, but isn't. But we do love our real sponsors, the UVic Alumni Association. My name is Tyler Lowy, and rounding out the hosting duties is Liam McDonough, we have a humdinger for you today. A podcast so nice, we brought him back twice. Yes, that's part two with Fikes men's basketball star, Grant Sidden. Liam, quickly now, because we got a lengthy interview with Grant, we both wanted to bring him back. Why did you want to bring him back for a sequel? Well, Grant's a good guy. He made a great impression on the show and with both of us. For somebody that we just met the day before we recorded the first podcast episode with him, he really shined to us. So, Grant, a lot of experience, loves getting involved as an alumni as well. So we were happy to have him back for part two. We got into a lot more of his professional career in Europe in this one. As we were talking to him, in the back of my mind, all I'm picturing is the Born Supremacy series, the three movies, uh, the trilogy. There we go. Because there's some crazy stories he has in there. And I just keep thinking about how it would have taken place in a Born movie at some point. That's your perspective of Europe, hey? It's just the Born series? (laughs) That's about my extent of knowledge. Yeah, yeah, that's all I know about it. Love that. Just a preface for this uh, intro-outro, if you hear some wicked construction in the background, that's because they chose to do construction at the best time of the day here. So that's going on right outside my office. I apologize to our listeners. Hopefully it doesn't last all episode. And I do not have the knowledge and know-how to take that out of the podcast. So you're just going to have to deal with it. But we recorded this podcast with Grant months ago. So there was some stuff in there that aged. No, like yeah, a fine and, wine. But there's Grant also had some really good takes in the NBA, and which we're going to get into. We're going to talk a little NBA at the end of this. So we're going to let you get to the episode here and enjoy part two with Grant Sidden. So back again, Grant. How's it going? Going good. Thanks for having me again. Yeah, of course, man. You ready for round two? Of course. Yeah, let's do it. We will pick up right where we left off. We just recapped your three seasons with the Vikes. You mentioned that throughout university, it had always been a personal goal of yours to go play pro ball. When was it in your last year did you realize that becoming a pro athlete was closer than you ever imagined? I'm not sure. It was more of, I think it was really not my last season, but the summer before. It was my junior summer going into my senior year is when I really tried to with me and Josh Moore and the assistant coach, we kind of sat down and he said, this is a goal and I think we can actually do it. So that I feel like right there was the, cause nothing's really certain. There's always something that could come up. Like for example, COVID, I feel a lot of, I feel bad for all these young athletes trying to go pro right now. But for me to kind of make it a reality, I knew it was kind of that, that stepping stone right there, meeting with Josh and hashing out a game plan for the next year of basketball to make my goal a reality. I know this is going to come as a shock to you, but Liam and I are without representation. Uh, podcast has taken off, but we don't have agents yet. So we don't know what it's like to be represented by somebody. <laughs> are you able to tell us a little bit what it's like to find an agent and then what was it like signing your first professional contract? Okay, so that was a funny story because a lot of people reach out to me 
when they need help for like, hey, if they have aspirations to play overseas and they go, how do I go about it? And I got lucky. Big shout out to Chris McLaughlin because he, I hit him up and I was just, uh, you know, trying to get any information as possible, as much as possible about, you know, where do I start? Do I make game film? Like yada, yada, yada. And, and Chris explains his situation of when he played. He played for a year and then stopped for a little bit, but now he's playing again. But he said he would uh, pass my information on to his agent, which is uh, Matt Slam. And then I think it was like a week or two later, Chris texted me or called me and was like, hey, he actually likes you. He wants to talk to you. So then Matt called me later that same week and we talked and, and it was kind of just like, it just, it just all kind of rolled together. I didn't have to like go shopping for an agent. I didn't have people contacting me. I just really lucked out with Chris. It was one of those, who do you know situations and it just worked out for me perfectly. And I, I'm still with the same agent today and, and I really, and uh, really enjoy him. Mm-hmm. He's actually based in Toronto. Oh, cool. So Chris McLaughlin, yeah. former bike as well with the hookup. So Jeff Schwartz or Rich Paul never reach out to you? I'm not sure. I think uh, I don't. I'm. I don't want to be like, oh no, no, no one reached out to me because there's a couple people reached out to me, but I don't think they they were like Facebook. Like people reach out on Facebook. It wasn't like official. It was kind of just like this is the only conver. I only had one conversation with one agent, and it was Matt. And yeah. Matt called me, and then the, from there on, I was like, oh, I guess like Matt's the only one that <laughs> that likes me enough to represent me. So, and then. We signed the contract and the rest is history. Yeah, there's a difference between having a conversation and sliding into your DMs trying to become yeah, your agent. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> I was half joking there. Like Jeff Schwartz and Rich Paul both represent like some of the biggest stars in the NBA. So I Oh I've, just I've never I don't I've never I don't know who those people are. Oh yeah. They just they have represent the most maxed out players in the NBA. So I was Half joking with that, but oh. sorry to. <laughs> no, you're good. You're good. I was gonna say, so I was like, I hope I don't step on anybody's toes here. Like, I did reach out to him, and he like didn't. He didn't he never hit me back. <laughs> you think no. that we went like back and tried to find the guys that reach out to you? <laughs> Rich Paul is LeBron's guy, and then Jeff Schwartz has like Blake Griffin, Kemba, CJ McCollum. So different class. <laughs> yeah, there was like Kevin Durant's agent too, isn't it? Like. Jay-Z's doesn't Jay-Z have an agency company or something like that yeah because he was a part owner in the Nets and then I think he had to give up his stake because he was uh gonna become like some agency not a not an agent himself but yeah 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 but he has some yeah those guys probably take a bigger slice than what you want but oh yeah yeah (laughs) yeah I think too much I don't think it would even be worth it (laughs) had you ever been over to Europe before signing this contract no so the only places I've been out of the country was Canada at this point Mm -hmm. Were there any weird clauses in your contracts, like things that you weren't allowed to do? I've heard of like in professional big four sports contracts that you're not allowed to play like certain sports, like can't go wakeboarding or anything like that in the off season. Is there anything like that um, in your contract? No, it's basically just kind of, there's, there's a difference between like an agent contract and like a team contract. But right. in, yeah, yeah, yeah. in in reality for me, like there's nothing. Cause it's one of those things where like, I'm not making enough money to where, people are like worried that they're going to get, they're going to lose out of money if I went like wakeboarding or stuff like that. I have heard mm-hmm. those, uh, those contracts before. Like I can't remember who it was, but there's an NBA player who ended his career super early because he was on like a moped or, or like a, a, some sort of like motorized bike and then like mm-hmm. injured himself. And he was, people lost out on a lot of money there. So I'm sure. 
I'm oh, sure that. if I was making some millions, that people would uh, be a little bit more worried about losing losing out. But yeah, absolutely. I can't remember who that was. Tyler, do you remember? I, I'm pretty sure he does all this stuff. He's on ESPN. Does a lot of college basketball. Jay Williams. Yeah, I think. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I think know. so. I know. I know he was involved in a big motorbike crash early in his career. So mm-hmm. that's probably. Yeah, uh, I could. I could see that. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. so. I, I wouldn't be surprised. There's more than one. <laughs> yeah. yeah. True. I feel like there's. Have you ever heard of the story about Madison Bumgarner and his horses? No. So Madison Bumgarner was. He now pitches for the Diamondbacks, but he was this great Giants pitcher. And it came out this year that he would actually go under an alias and enter himself in these like rancher competitions with these horses and have like a full costume on so nobody could recognize him. But I think the reason he did that is because it was actually prohibited in one of his contracts. And now when he finished up his career with the Giants, he uh, was in free agency. He signed with Arizona so he could be closer to his horses. Oh my Lord. That's so funny. Yeah. Mason Saunders. He went under the name Mason Saunders. And I think he did that because he also, Liam, big Giants fan, you would remember, I think he also missed significant time with a shoulder injury because he like wrecked himself on a dirt bike one day on like one of his off days. Yeah. He was definitely notorious for just getting himself into <laughs> trouble. <laughs> just living his best life. Yeah. yeah. Well, he's Bit got three head. World Series rings. I mean, go for it, dude. Yeah. Yeah. That, at that point. So why don't you tell us a little bit about what it's like to pack up your life and like move off to Europe and go play ball? Man, I've been living out of three suitcases <laughs> the last three years. So it's different. The first year I packed way too much. Um, I think I had like, like I have three suitcases now, but it's like a, a large, medium, small kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And when I first, <laughs> when I first left, I had three full like, duffel bag just full of clothes and at first i was like okay i'm fine and then when i got off the plane i met one of my teammates because we they try to combine the flights for cheaper so i met one of my teammates after we got off the plane and he has like three average size bags and he looks at me and he goes you're a rookie aren't you (laughs) i was like yeah he goes, I could tell you bought way too much stuff. <laughs> so too much or not enough socks? Honestly, I think I bring, even now, I think I bring way too many pairs of socks. But I mean, what about sneakers? How many pairs of sneakers did you show up with? I think I have five total, but three of them are like basketball, and then two of them are just like average shoes you can wear, whatever. And then, oh, and then that's not including like my sandals, which I. Would you really wear basketball shoes and, and slides for 90% of the time in Europe when it's yeah, not raining? Basically live in them, right? Yeah. Yeah. And and I've always I always leave. So you you'll bring a brand new pair of shoes, then over the nine months you just stuff them up and dirty them up. And then you always have more clothes coming back mm-hmm. with you than you do. So I always have to like abandon like old clothes and <laughs> and old shoes. Yeah, I feel that. So when you when you close out your final season with the Vikes, how much time did you have to prepare before you moved over to Europe? Well, I think I think I left in August, early August for Europe. Kept hooping, not knowing, kept training and kept doing workouts with Josh until up to the point where I well, I think I left a week before I flew out. So I left UVic, went home and then flew out a week later. Okay, I got so you. So I really just spent the remainder of the time at UVic just training. Yeah, do like, kind of like a three-month training camp, I guess. Yeah, basically just cross my fingers. Hope, hopefully someone would sign me and then go from there. Yeah. 
you famously said that you only knew Canada before you got here as a place on a map. Did you even know where Slovakia was on a map? The only place I haven't had to Google so far was Germany. Mm-hmm. So I've been to Slovakia, Holland, and I've been to Germany. And I had to Google every, I, I had to Google Holland. I had to Google Slovakia. I did the same thing. I, I didn't do any studying. My grandma does more studying about places I go than I do <laughs> before she goes. She's always checking on like political status and is it going to be safe? <laughs> yeah. So when you get off the plane in Slovakia, what's going through your mind? Probably just happy to be on solid ground. It was, I think it's had to be a 10, 10 to 12 hour flight. I can't remember. It's been so long, and but they're around 10 to 12 hours. And that was yeah. the first flight. That's the longest flight I've ever been on. So by the time I got there, I was excited and a little nervous, a whole bunch of emotions. And like I said, I was kind of, I was, when you're a rookie and then my guy I was meeting up at the airport with, he was a third year pro, uh, Rodney uh, Glasgow. And, and you could tell by his demeanor, he was like, okay, I've been here before I've done this. Like more mellow than me. I'm like, all right, I got my, I got all three of my Ginovers bags. I'm ready to go. Like wh- where do we go next? And, and then me and actually, me and Rodney actually are uh, still good friends this day. So we always joke around about how like, we took a picture when we get there. They always take pictures and post on their social media for fans. And and I'm all, I got my arm around him and stuff like that, smiling. And he's just like, I'm just chilling. <laughs> and we uh, always joke me, about that. Leave me alone. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of like, okay, yeah, whatever. <laughs> Did you manage to get an emergency exit row on that flight over? Or were you crammed up? Ooh. I've only been crammed once. So I've been I've been pretty lucky so far. Not so much emergency exit row because I think the longer flights you have to like pay extra and the the club pays for the flight and everything. So I usually get an aisle seat and if I can, they'll move me to a spot where the seat next to me is empty. Mm. So I get I've been pretty lucky so far. Not to not to jinx it or anything. <laughs> you get the tall guy hookup. Yeah, yeah. And some you know, some people you have to kinda like beg for it. And then some people they see you like the flight attendants and be like, "Oh, like sweetie, we'll, we got you," and they'll like take care of you like a mom or something. <laughs> yeah, that's when you suck up a little bit and you're, you just yeah. like, lean into it. I, like start hunkering down, like, "Oh, poor me, poor all six nine me." <laughs> Before we spoke on the last pod, you you mentioned that Canadian University basketball and European basketball fall under the FIBA umbrella, whereas the NCAA does not. How did that give you an advantage as you prepared for your pro career in Europe? I feel like it's more mental because I've already like I've already been playing with these rules for three years now. So the rules itself are different. The level of competition and the people you play against is higher just because that's just the level you're at. But I found it a lot of guys coming from college maybe have a little bit more trouble adjusting to like the farther three point line. And they get it eventually, but like me, it took me less time to adjust because I've already been playing those style of rules and that kind of setup for the three years at Victoria. So by the time I got to Slovakia, there wasn't really any delayed. It was just go from there. So we're going to get into um, some of the teams that you've played for. But before we do, I think it's fair to say that one of us or both of us are going to butcher these names. It's tough. 100%. Yeah. We butchered English names before, so another language is going to be tough for us. So we're going to. All right. So, if anybody get from these here. countries are listening, we apologize in advance. <laughs> no offense is made by our pronunciation at all. So, okay. your first team you play for, BC Provinza. Did I say it right? Yeah. Yeah. Provinza. Okay. I got, yeah. I got one. Yeah. Okay. So, you averaged 14 points, five rebounds. What were some of the pieces of your game that fit really nicely and made you go, I'm really doing this well? 
while uh, there were other pieces maybe that said, like, I really need to work on this. It was more the pieces that liked is uh, when I was in college, I was never, there was never a time where I was like, you can't, you can't do this. I just never really, like, I shot a lot of threes in college, but even when I was a pro, my, like, my coach was like, you have the green light. Like I, I worked, I earned it because I just, the coach sees it and he played to my strengths, but it was nice my first year because I had the, like the ultimate green light because I was shooting good percentage and I proved myself at the beginning of the season and even like in preseason. So just knowing that like the coach, the confidence that the coach has in me builds up as a player, your own confidence. So I, that was a really good year of my three point percentage, I guess I should say, mm-hmm. because I just was able to, I know that like, even if I miss, like, it's not like it's not going to hinder me in my play because coach believes in me. And then that's all I needed. Yeah, definitely. I mean, defensive always, has always been a thing for me to work on and just realizing this, the quickness of the game sped up. But again, the, it all worked out because although it was, you know, some guys do want to want to go play, and Slovakia and stuff like that. I needed that because it was a big fish, small pond, and the coach is great, and he was able to, like, develop me. So that extra year just with uh, Ryan Pannone as the coach. He's coaching G League now. But he was able to help me develop both with a three-point percentage and just knowing that Grant's not doing this because of effort-wise. He's, he's going to put forth his effort, so that's all I needed to hear, and mm-hmm. defensively. So... It was kind of one of those things where you see a coach who just wants you to succeed so much, then you just put forth the effort. Yeah. I think a lot of coaches are so negative sometimes and it kind of puts the players down. But with Ryan, it was, it was one of those things where he never was angry and he never was like in your face. But when he did get in your face, you realize it's not, it's nothing personal. He just wants you to succeed. So Mm -hmm. it definitely, it definitely helped. I feel like that's the right type of coach for a developmental situation. And it makes sense why that guy is in the G league now coaching. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's a, he's a very knowledgeable coach. And it's funny because when, when I signed my contract and I told Josh Mullen from UVic about, I was like, Oh yeah, this coach, uh, his name is Ryan Pannone. And Josh goes, Oh, I know him. I was like, like, how do you know this guy? And he's like, he, Oh, he like posts. Apparently Ryan's been posting videos of like, European play and NBA play um, like for years now. So he has like, he's very well connected to the fact that Josh is a Canadian from UVic and this guy, he's from Florida and he's coaching in Slovakia and Josh knows him somehow. I was like, Oh, like that's, he must know his stuff then. Cause he's yeah. well liked. Small community. That's weird. So what are, what was easier to learn? The simple words like hello and thank you or the basketball slang on the court in oh Slovakian. Slovakian is um, a language, right? Yeah. 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 I don't. I don't know. I can't remember any any words in Slovakian. Nothing. To, so you I'm can't. To think there's of, nothing I'm you can teach us. Of, no, because everyone spoke pretty good English. So I don't. There hasn't been a team where I've needed to speak any other language. Because lucky for me, English is very universal. <laughs> a lot yeah. of countries speak have that as at least a second language. No, actually, there was a couple words, but they're, they're like dirty words. So I'm not even gonna because because that's like the locker room talk. Like they'll like call each other a name and I'll be like, what's that? They're like, Oh, it means this. I'm like, Oh, well, I, I'm not, I'm not going to use that. <laughs> yeah. That's not one that I'm keeping my memory bank. Yeah. Yeah. yeah for real. <laughs> but it's always the ones you remember because like, I can't say this. So I need to remember what this means. Yeah. So the next stop on your Euro trip is in Holland and you go play for the Donair Gongian. <laughs> this team, 
Lock of the century, I was not going to get that one right. Uh, now, this team won the FIBA Euro Cup the year before. Can you explain to us what that is? Oh, before we do that, we, can we just acknowledge how badly you sewered that name? Oh, my Liam, God. Hey, Liam, feel free to take a crack at that one. Well, you know what? Grant and I actually practiced this, and he told me that the way you say it Well, that's is, not fair. You add an R after the G, and you it's can say like, it's yeah, like very it's, North Americanized, but it's Groningen, but apparently there's some accent. Grant, you give it a go. Well, I would say I, I butcher it a lot. And it's and when I say it, I was like, oh, like Groningen or Groningen. But it's when they say it, they have like some, it's like something in the back of the throat. It's like Groningen or something like that, I think. There's and, no way we're getting it. That's, and as that's soon as I heard that, point. I was like, no, that's not happening. So <laughs> I, I mean, Liam could have done me a solid and thrown an R in there in the, into the script and helped me out a little bit, but whatever. <laughs> it was a pretty last minute, uh, last minute game time decision. Very last okay. minute. Yeah. Yeah. Explain Euro Cup for us. <laughs> yes, please. Okay, so Euro Cup, so there's different leagues within there's leagues within leagues. So the Dutch league, that would be all the teams in Holland. Mm-hmm. But like FIBA Cup is where depending on fans, money, and there's other there's other things involved, but usually it's like if you're one of the better teams of your Holland league and you have enough money, you can play in this other league where you travel. And then there's like Champions League, and then there's Euro League, and Euro League is a top top league, top teams in Europe all over. Doesn't matter Turkey, Greece, Germany, Belgium. They all, certain teams will play these different leagues. So FIBA Cup, FIBA Euro Cup was a, is like third, I think, I believe, okay. in in the terms of a skill level. And if you like, if you go from each league and you don't make it there you have a chance to play the league below and that's where I, I got to do a lot of traveling when I was with Donar because they were in FIBA Cups uh, so they I've been to total countries I think I've been to 13 okay not including Canada and I think about 10 or nine of those countries was because I played for Donar we traveled so much been to Belgium Turkey we were going to go to Russia, but <laughs> depending on which team won, we would have to either go to Russia. I think we went to Belgium, but just, yeah, it was, it was, it was a good experience because I got to travel so much. And although I didn't get like a lot of playing time as much as a player would like, I was still blessed to be able to say I've been to these countries and I see this different culture. Like Turkey is, is crazy. Mm-hmm. So many people, we had to get police escort because there's so, so many people and it took us, even with the, the escort we had, it was like an hour and a half to get to the gym at certain times of day. So, and, and it's just cra- like cars everywhere, man. Yeah. When you said Russia, yeah. the first thing I thought of was how cold that would have been, especially oh, if man. you're there like in the wintertime. Oh man, it went brutal. Yeah. A lot of, uh, a lot of WNBA players play there because Russia has good money. Russia mm-hmm. is a pretty good, a uh, pretty good situation in terms of money wise. But yeah, I, I mean, I don't know if it's Winnipeg cold. I've never been there before, but That's I think cool. places after, are Winnipeg after, cold. Yeah, it's saying, hard if, to I, if, I can, if I can handle Winnipeg and like Brandon in the dead of winter, I think I can handle anything. Maybe yeah, not the true. Arctic. I think the Arctic is the only place I couldn't handle. Still. <laughs> I have a follow-up question for that. But first, I just want to go over that team name one last time. So everyone listening heard me pronounce it. But so Liam sent out the script. This is how it's spelled out. So Donar got that one. 
And I said, what did I say? Gong Yin? Gong Yin. Yes. It's G-O-N-I-N-G-E-N. So there's no way I would have got Krong Yin. So phonetically, you had it perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Well, I just take a lot of heat on this. And rightfully so. (laughs) But I just want people to know, I read what I saw and I I came close enough. So there's no R's. and, And it's not like I'm not throwing Liam under the bus. He didn't know either. But he did give me the more difficult of the three leagues to say, but it's fine. Don't well, worry. It, we didn't, it, it's not like we, we met up yesterday and said, okay, we're going to sue Tyler on yeah. how to not pronounce this. <laughs> I just said, I just said There's I'm not blaming you. You stepped out for a moment before the, first, the but, before the show, and then we, uh, we clarified, and uh, yeah. I may have forgot to tell you. This yeah, has been and, in the works since the first podcast we've been yeah, playing exactly. this. <laughs> the first message. And I'm just how saying. Do you, how do you say this? I said it wasn't your fault, but you did give me the really difficult one out of the three leagues. That's all I'm saying. That is true. That's true. That's You're true. You're not wrong. Yeah. And, and just in general, too, because like my thing when I got to Slovakia is like people would have names and they'd have J in them. But it's mm-hmm. not like Ja. It's like Jan. Like Giannis would be with the J. And I was like, yeah. what? So really? I feel like there's no, there's a, there's very few win situations when you're pronouncing European names. <laughs> oh yeah. So and any of in those, your de- in of, your defense, any of those more Eastern European uh, oh, yeah. countries are even more difficult too. So oh, yeah. don't worry, Tyler. We're not, we're not ragging on you too hard on this one. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> you get a free, you get a free pass. Exactly. <laughs> Anyways. So how did that season go with Dominar? <laughs> how did the league stack up to the Slovakian league that you played in the season before? So the Holland League itself is very top heavy. There's about three or four really good with teams with the money and good uh, support from the fans and good management. And there's, there's a lot of just not to like disrespect in the team, but there's a lot of low end bottom feeder teams where so. I think that's the same in most a lot of sports over there from what I hear. Like I know hockey. Yeah, there's like that too. Yeah. And then in Slovakia, it was more there, you always had like the two or three. And I probably like there's only like two teams that were really like they weren't going to win a lot of games. The level of play was more was like more even with Slovakia and Holland was more like I said t- top heavy and and but with just with that being said, the fact that you could play you would play a a game in against a Dutch team and then you would go two days later and you would fly to Turkey to play a Turkish team and and those though like any team that was in. FIBA Cup was good and a uh, good competition. I enjoyed it because it was, you know, you know, a new challenge. And but yeah, so in terms of talent, both leagues are talented, but one league was more top heavy just because of uh, money and and resources and stuff like that. Like some teams don't have that. So, so Donar one of those top three. Yeah, I think Donar actually had, from what I hear, I never did it in my research. I just took people's words for it, but had the most money. Actually, no, one hundred percent. They had they had the best arena. The fan support was crazy. It was really good. I really enjoyed playing in that arena, and they had a lot of veterans. There was a couple guys on there who were the oldest guy, thirty nine. Oh wow! He could play Teddy Gibson. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. my lord! He actually played in the the big three. Remember, you guys remember that big three? Yeah, with the, like, I do. He was on the team that won it with Joe Johnson. No way. Yeah, so wow. he just like after Holland, he just went over there and and just was able to hoop out. He he like he knew Joe Johnson and he kind of had the in, but yeah, he he could play. And I I never I've never seen a thirty nine year old play like Teddy Gibson. 
Holy smokes. Super. I couldn't guard him. He was so fast. <laughs> what and position he was did smart. He, play? he was point guard. Point guard, okay. Yeah, and then we had, like, yeah, so the average, I was, I mean, I was 26. Yeah. <laughs> I was 26, and I was kind of considered one of the younger guys because yeah. we had 39, 35, a lot of old guys on the team, which is nice because you, you learn a lot from those guys. 39-year-old point guard, though. Wow. You yeah. don't see that often. Yeah. So who could still hoop and get up and down the court? That was the crazy part. Mm-hmm. So we got to know, as you're traveling across Europe for a couple of years, have you been able to get your, your fix of ranch dressing? No, I've actually had to, uh, I've had to stop. It's funny because <laughs> since You've weaned off of this. Yeah. Since the last po- time we talked on the podcast, I had a couple guys from UVic send a picture and it's this, this picture online of this girl, like at a bar, but her purse is like a big thing of ranch dressing, like, like hidden Valley, like sticking out of it. Oh and and it's just, so I've been sent the same picture like twice. And I'm like, yeah, I've seen it, bro. Like, but I, I honestly don't have ranch a lot. Dude, the other day, I'm, I'm I glad saw, to hear it. I saw yeah. a, um, like a collage of all the different brands of ranch. And it was like, rank these in order. And the first thing I thought was like, man, you, you put Hidden Valley number one. Like, I remember yeah, you who's put, specifying. Yeah. From what I understand, this could be completely false. But from what I understand, Hidden Valley was like the OG rank. It was like the first like the place was called Hidden Valley where they fat, like started making it. You would know. You would be yeah, the well, guy to fact check we, it. I'm, I'm pretty sure I Googled it with a buddy of mine or he Googled it when I was in the room and he was talking about it <laughs> <laughs> during quarantine. That's how bad quarantine's got. Oh, yeah. During COVID. It's like we're talking about ranch. And where Deep diving ranch sauce. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The dark <laughs> web of ranch. <laughs> So what are the staples of North American life did you miss when you were in Europe? And like, do you have any funny stories about trying to replicate certain things? All right. For anybody who's going to go over Europe, you should know that the power, like the outlets are different voltage and wattage. Mm. So, <laughs> so I blew out the power. My first year I blew out the power like three times because I was <laughs> just trying to play. All I want to do is play my Xbox. I couldn't get the concept through my head of like, oh, this... <laughs> won't support this kind of like voltage and it'll just blow the power out yeah there's there's an adapter for that yeah yeah so then uh so my second year was better and i actually had a different xbox at this point but (laughs) so i think the main north america we're just so spoiled like going in slovakia and seeing how like the standard of living is so much higher in north america than it is in I want to say Eastern Europe because I haven't been to all Eastern Europe countries, but in Slovakia itself, it, the standard of living was higher in North America than Slovakia. Mm-hmm. And so when we got there, so just for example, so the hotel I stayed at, they didn't have our rooms ready. So then I had to, with Rodney, uh, we had to stay in a hotel and it was like a dorm room. Like it wasn't even a hotel. Like there wasn't like, it was a shower bathroom. You walk out, I think it was two twin beds. By the way, twin beds are like super common. You like put them together. I don't think I've ever had a king size bed in Europe. Like this is not, there's not a thing. They don't you get, exist. Did you get them to put them together and then add them, ask them to add an extra one on the end for you as well? No, no. I, 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 have, man. I just, at that point, they couldn't even understand me even if I tried. <laughs> Slovakia, Slovakia, I got by, but the, the language, there's definitely a language barrier there. So the Wi-Fi didn't work. 
at, in our room. So we have to go down to the lobby to use the Wi-Fi, and that's even if it worked all day. And then at night, the old lady and the old man would run it during the day, and then there's like a younger guy, gentleman, who'd come at night, and he would get up and lock the door. And every time he would get up and lock the door, you could see he was strapped. Like he had a gun on him. <laughs> like, and there there would be people who, like what? I'm a, yeah. So like <laughs> he had a he had a gun. And he would come up to the door and like make sure people knew like, hey, like I'm not playing around because we people would come up to the door and knock on it. But if you look like you're a homeless person, they didn't let you. They obviously wouldn't let you in. So wow, it, was, it was crazy first impressions. Yeah, so this is this is the first impression. I stayed at this place for like two months because the room wasn't ready. Wow. So then, uh, yeah, and it was also connected. <laughs> Uh, a brothel. <laughs> so oh the hotel God. was connected oh. to a brothel. It was just, it was, it was crazy. And like, this, this is me. So uh, this is me just like, Oh, first year overseas, first year pro. And then all Ronnie would kept saying me, it's like, it's not like this everywhere. It's not like this everywhere. <laughs> it's not like yeah. this everywhere. I'm more surprised um, it took two months to get a room ready for you guys. What were they doing I mean, in that room? <laughs> you have no idea. So then in that two months time, this kind of leads back to my power outage. My coach, and one of the reasons why we had a good relationship was our coach was kind of fed up that the organization didn't have, put us in a in our room yet in our our Airbnb studio apartment, which I got later. So he's like, "Here, you can take my place." And his place was a two bedroom. It was nice. It was a good, nice apartment. So he so he was going to stay in the hotel while we stayed. Like his players stayed in his house. Like that's how you know. Oh, that's that guy was he yeah that's a good coach he was really sacrificing and stuff and uh so <laughs> first year pro grant goes over to the house less than 24 hours later i have plugged in my xbox i've knocked at the power couldn't get the power back on come to find out that they didn't tell us ahead of time but the person who owned who was renting the apartment to the organization didn't want players in there oh. he, only, it, he was only allowing the coach so then he finds out because we had to contact him eventually. And was like, yo, the power's out. How do we turn it back on? So he gets upset. In less than 24 hours, I've knocked at the power and we were back in the hotel. <laughs> <laughs> wow. And the worst part is I felt so bad because there's a third year guy that I'm hanging out with, Rodney. And he, he, was, he didn't show it, but I could tell that he was pretty pissed off at me because I blew the power out. And now we're staying back in the hotel with like no Wi-Fi. <laughs> Set you back to square one. Yeah, yeah, and he was he was nice to me about it, but he's like yeah. later on, I was like, yeah, I was upset. <laughs> so let's talk about your most recent season with Rostock. Did you guys get a chance to play out at the end of that season at all? Uh, no, we we I think we had five games left. Okay, so yeah. the, the season kind of just cut where it was at. How did you guys finish? Yes, uh, we had to win to even make playoffs. We had to win like five in a row, so we had to win every single five games, and then. Within like a week period, it was like, hey, there's talks about the season possibly ending. And this is when when COVID was just getting into Italy and started to make uh, causing issues. So yeah. there was always talk about, oh, possibly. But then it was like, yeah, the season might end. In the locker room, everyone was like, wait, what? Like, what do you mean? Is this going to end? He's like, yeah, so the season might end. They're going to have a meeting on Thursday. The meeting on Thursday got pushed back to Friday. Well, the meeting on Friday got pushed back to monday so basically we practiced thursday we had friday saturday sunday off monday comes around 
and there was talk of this before, but it wasn't official. And then next thing you know, it was like, it's official on Monday. There's no more season. I get paid out Tuesday, the money that they owed me. And then by Wednesday morning, I was catching a flight from Berlin to London, from London to Dallas and Dallas to Portland. Wow. Just so like it was that. like the quickest turnaround ever. Yeah. And the Dallas airport looked like some apocalypse movie because there's no one in there. That's yeah. crazy how fast that happened now. Yeah. So when your family and friends are watching these games online, are they watching them with the volume on or do they mute them and just have their own commentary in the background? You think? <laughs> I think they turn the volume a little down, but it's funny because you'd be like, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. Like, Oh, like some other language. I was like, sit in. Yeah. <laughs> like the and famous so Spanish goal announcers in soccer. Yeah. They're definitely the best hundred percent. They'd be like, for example, Holland, it'd be like, Oh, blah, 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 blah. And it's like three, three pointer. Grant Sitton. <laughs> that's all you hear. <laughs> oh, that's good. That's oh. different. It's different for sure. Oh yeah. Well, it's it's funny because like I'm sure people talk trash like, to me like all the time, like the crowds and stuff like that. But you can't. I haven't played basketball in three years, where I can understand people yelling at me. Yeah, that's other than, true. Like teammates and stuff, and that's so gonna be a like, nice little break then. Yeah, like sometimes I'll like lean over to like the young guys on the bench, like yo, so uh, what's that guy saying? And he'll like, oh, he he doesn't agree with the foul call, and he he called the other guy's coach and an idiot or something like. That. It's pretty funny sometimes. <laughs> yeah, and it's funny how animated Europeans are when they get like a foul call. They'll like wave their hands in the air and do like some crazy gestures and stuff like that. Like nothing like bad. They're not like flipping people off or anything, but it's like a gesture with their hands and then. And then all of a sudden, they'll like raise their hand, like, yeah, that was a foul. Like, they always, no matter how much they argue, they'll always raise their hand afterwards. That's funny. Yeah. So. Are these games officiated in English or in the language of like the country you're in? I don't know because most uh, Slovakia didn't really talk much because Holland's been really good about English and, and Germany was really good about English. So I've never had a, like a communication breakdown between if I need to have a, a conversation with the ref or something like that. Right. And I think it's just so, it's because you have so many. Americans and, and Canadians coming over and people who speak English playing in these leagues that it's just like everyone speaks English now. Yeah, you do. it's just an essential piece, hey? Yeah. So what's your status now? Are teams looking at you and speaking with your agent? Yeah, so right now I'm official free agent. No, uh, so You're basically like right now it's, yeah, yeah. So right now it's just, it's always like, hey, this country might be interested and this team might be interested in this team, but then my agent really doesn't tell me anything unless it's actually something to even talk about. Mm-hmm. So right now he's told me about very slight interest in like some countries, but in reality we have no idea like how this is going to affect with the COVID outbreak. There's also talks about like, you know, second wave and stuff like that and whether or not countries are going to open. And if they do open, are there going to be people, fans willing to go and watch the games so, I mean, it could be – there's some – and every league's different. So, like, let's say this is just – I haven't heard anything, but, for example, let's just say Germany's starting up in August, regular time, but then France might wait till December. Right. And and those are just random. I don't know if they're actually doing that. But every league is going to be different. So, it, it'll, be, it'll be interesting. I'm not mm-hmm. so worried about if I'll play basketball again because I feel like I'm pretty confident that I will. But it's going to be like, okay, the situation might – everyone's going to be taking pay cuts. The market's going down because teams are 
go, some teams go bank have gone bankrupt because they can't afford, they can't afford not to finish the season out because they rely heavily on sales of tickets. Right. And so it'd be, it'll be interesting to see how the next couple months plays out. But then again, I'm out of shape. So, so yeah, maybe it's a blessing nice. disguise the season to start right on time. I'll have some time to work out, but kind of everyone, everyone that I talk to that, like all my overseas buddies is in the same boat, like barely any gyms are open. I've been doing like outdoor workouts and stuff like that, but everyone's kind of chomping at the bit to get going again. But with this, what's going on in the world right now, who knows what will happen in the next three months. So, when would you usually head over to Europe to start up a season? It varies from country to country, but usually it's in August sometimes, whether that be early or late. Holland was late. Holland's season starts later but goes a lot later. I was in Holland from like August 20th to June 5th. Like that's how long I was in Holland. It's a long season too. Wow. Yeah. And there's not a lot of time to like fly home. Yeah. This last season in Germany, I got three days off for Christmas. Oh, yeah. So really it's just, yeah. So basically it's like you, there's been multiple times where you'd go two weeks with no, no day off just playing basketball. And, and Holland was nice because I had a lot of older guys, a lot of older guys means less practice, <laughs> less practice times. So you go going to keep the older guys in shape or not like healthy and stuff like that. And, and uh, so it was, it was nice. I played more games in Holland, but it's nice to be playing games and not just practicing for the next one. So like we would, we would play a game and then sometimes we would just take the day off and the next day we would either practice or travel to the next location, depending on, I think I played 60, 60 to 70 games mm-hmm. roughly around when I was in Holland. And then this year in Germany, I played, I want to say 40 around there. So significantly less because it was like once, maybe twice a week playing games. Maybe your angle should be trying to be the young guy on all the vet teams then. And then that uh, way yeah. you can cut down yeah. practice times. <laughs> yeah, true, true. Start, uh, or maybe it just comes to the territory. As soon as you start hit a certain age, you just demand less practice time. Yeah, that's good. After we recorded the last podcast, I went back and watched a couple of those Portland E-League mixtapes. <laughs> Unbelievable soundtrack. I'm not sure who cut those up for you. That was great. Oh, that was me. That was me. <laughs> had to get the had to get the free. I don't even know what they were like. Freehiphopbeats.com or something. Like oh yeah, some stupid yeah. like that. <laughs> did you watch me or did you watch oh, yeah. any of the? Uh, or did you watch any of the other guys I made? <laughs> no, like just, like, there was just a- the grand sitting ones. <laughs> all right, all right. <laughs> Man, you look like a beanstalk in them though. It's pretty funny. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> So those highlights showcase your ability to cram, but sadly, none of those six foot and under guys wanted to contest you at the rim. Do you have any memorable dunks from your time with the Vikes or over in Europe that you can tell us about? Um, I actually haven't been dunk. I think I don't think I have a dunk in like over a year. I haven't. I didn't. Haven't dunked the ball a lot. I've I've slowly moved out to the three. But I think my best dunk I ever had on somebody was actually before you, Vic. It was at uh, junior college at Clackamas. And then, and then there was a another dunk, my first year pro in Slovakia, where I kind of I, I got somebody. My best one by far was definitely Clackamas. Is there a video of that? Uh, yeah, it's on my Instagram actually. Oh, we're gonna dig that out. Was <laughs> oh, it a nice. two hand slam or like a one hand tomahawk? No, so but it was kind of like the end of the game, and it wasn't like we were up by like 
six or seven and they were, they were full court pressing us. And then I, I passed up the side, the right sideline, the guy dribbled it. And then they kind of, we, and I ran towards the key and he kind of dribbled it to the corner and then looped around and then kind of like give me a little dish pass. And the guy, the guy was just super far under the hoop. And I don't know why he jumped to be honest, but it was, it was a pretty good one. It was, it was an and one. I got a nice little and one out of it. So caught a body. Nice. Yeah. Caught a body. That's funny. And apparently, I don't know if this is true, but apparently the kid, the guy who I dunked on quit like no way. the next, the next week, supposedly quit the next week. People are like, Oh my gosh, great. You ended his career. But I, I honestly think there must've been something else going on. Like, I don't, <laughs> I, I hope not. I hope that's the case where just something else is going on. It wasn't me. You just dunked him right off the court. Done like that. <laughs> yeah. Not many of us have our own Wikipedia page either. So how accurate is your page and who created it? I have no idea who created that. No yeah. clue at all. And I mean, it's pretty accurate. I mean, there's not a lot of like personal information on there. It's just kind of like where it played, but yeah, I was, uh, I was pretty shocked. Like, oh, how early on did that show up? I think it had to be my first, maybe second, like going into my second year. I, I, I can't remember stories about Wikipedia pages. My buddies one time before they were tighter on the editing rules, went into yeah. like George Clooney's Wikipedia page and changed his nickname or his middle name to something funny like Muffin or something. And it's, it <laughs> oh, stayed wow. there for like 24 or 48 hours until somebody caught on to it. <laughs> you know, some, uh, I think so, I heard stories of people like just deleting the whole Facebook thing and then putting like, three words <laughs> like something like something just absurd like yeah there's been some crazy wikipedia stuff that's funny though you have no idea where it came from no idea i have no idea who he created it wow so, so something significant happened in your life this past year um you were introduced to tiktok so i heard you're a big tiktok guy oh god no i actually i actually <laughs> I heard you took a i heard you cut yourself off and took a break but i heard that you're a pretty big tick or you were a big tiktok guy. i i i mean yeah, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed TikTok, but then the whole thing of like the privacy laws. information, yeah, privacy yeah. laws. And I was like, do I really want another app that mm-hmm. gets my privacy? And I was spending way too much time on it. Like I would sit there and be like, oh, it's ten o'clock. I can go on TikTok. <laughs> Three o'clock. What the hell? Like where? Where did you the time just go? been learning the renegade? <laughs> yeah, yeah. All the all the TikTokers dancing and stuff like that. Yeah, I'm I'm proud of my TikTok stage, but I'm I'm happy that I didn't become addicted. And I was able to cut myself off. Maybe yeah. one day, maybe Monday, uh, Skinny White Zero will make a comeback. Is that your TikTok name, Skinny White Zero? That, that was my TikTok name. That's my like name for everything. That's my my Xbox Live name. Like some kid in a uh, senior year in high school, I was a freshman, he was a senior, and he just started calling me Skinny White. <laughs> I was like, oh okay. <laughs> so, what's your go-to TikTok dance? Oh man. I don't really have one. I was never into the the TikTok dances. I'm gonna leave that to all the all the 14 year olds and all the little like kids who, <laughs> who don't have any good content. Yeah, yeah, have way too much time and can't think of anything else creative. So I've but seen but enough that like I never want to see another TikTok dance again. But I did hear from an inside source that you do have some pretty unreal dance moves in your bikes days. So how does a six nine guy like get down? <laughs> Well, it's definitely not from my dad. My dad has no rhythm. And my mom reminds me every time I do something like a little dance, I get home. I dance a lot. So the thing is, people don't think like if I'm if I'm by myself in my room, I'll like start dancing. 
doing stupid stuff. And then someone, but as soon as someone like see, I'm like, nah, nah, I'm not gonna dance. I'm very, like, yeah. I'm, I'm very <laughs> picky with who I'm dancing around. <laughs> it's like singing in the shower. Once you're on your own, it's fine. Yeah, exactly. You got a crowd, exactly, you just yeah. stop immediately. Yeah. Oh, by far, I think in at UVic, I had I had the most rhythm. You take that to the bank too. <laughs> most rhythm with the guys rhythm, on the team. Most rhythm for sure. Maybe not now. They have a they have a. From what I heard, there's a couple guys on the team that can get down apparently. But I'm trying to think of who else would have more rhythm than me. No, I can't. I can't. I can't think of anybody. Yeah. And, any, and and if any of the UVic guys listeners right now, we have a challenge dance off oh i'd love to see it happen that'd be good i, I think bring, scully i can see scully having some moves scully don't got no moves he's too busy nope. over trying to be an engineer nod he don't got he doesn't have any moves scully I'm trying to think of scott <laughs> scott kellen has no he, he got no moves at all either he's he scott know. doesn't have rhythm he does not have rhythm uh, i'm trying to think of i'm trying to think of who else what about Carlos? I think Carlos may have some dance moves. You know Carlos? I know. No, I think he was. I'm mean, like I said, they might they might have some some moves now. But when I was there, no, I think Carlos can break it down. I'm pretty sure. I'd like to see Justin, that. Justin Kinnear had the the fist pump. That's about it. <laughs> <laughs> so being six foot nine clearly helped out with your dancing. What other skills in life has six nine helped you out in, other than just like grabbing stuff off the shelf? <laughs> to be honest, someone was talking about this the other day. My buddy that I used to play with, at Clackamas with, Jake DeWitt, he was telling me, he's like, yo, you know what? Like, when I was playing basketball, I wanted to be so tall. I wanted to be, I wanted to be at least a couple inches taller. He's like, but now that like, I'm just like a civilian, <laughs> just I'm an average Joe, he's like, I love my height. So really, until like getting out and in and out of cars, like it's tough for me. You know, back issues, not being able to fit in. I fell out of a kayak this last weekend because I had to like balance while I put my feet, like slide my feet in. <laughs> so it's just, just stuff like that is like, man, like it's good for basketball, but not what any else? other transferable <laughs> skills. Yeah. yeah, for real. I, I feel bad for the guys who are, who are very tall and don't either play basketball and they're done or, or didn't play basketball at all. They just don't enjoy it. Yeah, and I was like, man. Not only do you get the question like, "Do you play basketball?" and you have to say, "No, yeah. I don't play basketball." You're also like, "What else am I gonna do other than be a carpenter and and screwing light bulbs or a home improvement person?" <laughs> yeah. Okay. So you got to hear me out on something here. I've got a bit of a pitch to you for your All six right. nine height that I think right. I think we can make something happen. Let um, me hear it. This is so bad. Okay. No, this is a, a legit thing. So I've been thinking recently that I still may have a shot at being a professional athlete, but I just haven't found okay. the right sport. 26, pretty mobile, have a good work ethic, a uh, good hand-eye, and I'm a workhorse. So I was going around asking people around the office, and I'm not making this up. This actually happened for input, and a lot of people suggested that I should try and take up beach volleyball, which is great. So I love volleyball, love being outside, okay, good hand-eye okay. skills. But the thing is, I need a partner. So I was wondering if you will either leave behind basketball or when the basketball career is done, join me on the volleyball court. I'll take on the role of Misty May trainer, and then you can be my Kerry Walsh Jennings, and we'll just – Okay, I, I like it, but how, how my contract works is I can't play I can't play volleyball. <laughs> what were you saying earlier? I, aren't you a free agent? I thought you said you're a free agent. <laughs> Don't play that game. I'm also a free agent. It. I'm sure your agent would love to take me on. I'm, I've heard that he does volleyball players as well, and I know Europe has a huge volleyball scene. Yeah, uh, but not beach volleyball. 
I don't think there's, I don't think there's like I don't think there's a professional beach volleyball league. I think it's regular. I mean, I could be wrong. Somewhere. I don't. I you gotta no start somewhere. Well, I, I did do some research. Carrie Carrie Walsh Jennings actually started as an indoor player for Stanford and then made the transition. So you know what? You and I could probably uh, probably rip up a few courts. That's um, true. There's also a sport that I found out this year. I cannot for the life of me remember what it's called. It's like roll ball or bell ball, but there's a ball with a bell in it. And the sport originally was for blind people. Really? So you, yeah. you blindfold. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, so you yeah. blindfold yourself, but you they like wear goggles, so it's like mm-hmm. official. There's like a, a pretty long goal, and you roll this ball as fast as you can, and they have to, with their basically their eyes closed and no side, they have to block this ball. So that could be a sport that you could look into, you know? It's pretty, it's pretty underground. Okay, you know what? You're just sewering me now. I, I was going to say. become the best bell ball or whatever player that exists. Yes. Okay, but I was going to say, Grant, before Liam takes down your professional career, you should know that he was just complaining earlier today about how sore his legs were for, from doing body weight squats and lunges. So I don't know if I don't just, do. I don't like doing legs. I do that's like an issue. That's a huge issue. I don't know if you want to. I don't know how you think you can be a professional athlete if you can't literally just stand there and bend down a lot of times without any. Extra awesome, saying that game I'm talking about, man. You just lay. You just lay on the <laughs> sideways in the goal. And beach volleyball is a lot of legs too. That's like that's all a lot of legs. workouts. Yeah. Liam, yeah. I got a dartboard in my backyard. Come over, practice <laughs> darts, and make the dart circuit, and I'll be in. I'll be that guy in the crowd with everyone else just going stupid and sliding. You just want to be the guy yeah, in the man. crowd with a beer and People love darts. Yeah. When yeah. I first started watching darts, I was like, what is so exciting about that? And then by like the first hour, I was like, yo, this is so tough. Yeah. Yeah. This guy's killing out. it. <laughs> 180s yeah. are a big deal. Yeah. Have you ever played if I were you, I would set my goal there instead of professional beach volleyball. Like, go <laughs> darts seems like anybody on the face of the earth can do darts. Until you throw on some 45s on the squat rack, I would put beach volleyball on the back. I can, now. I can squat more than two 45s on a rack. Oh my <laughs> well, god. Well, buddy, you just said your body weight squats got you a little tired. That's all. Yeah, I was doing high rep, no weight. You try doing oh. like a circuit with 20 squats and then a bunch of leg things. Not fun. It's not fun. I feel you on the legs. I, start, I literally started working out this week. So I've had two workouts like lifting and it's very light and, but it's legs. And then I went and played actual basketball in these last three days and I have terribly sore. I have a fat blister on my foot and I'm like, man, like we're in the same boat. <laughs> yeah. So I, get, I, I enjoy my four month vacation over here just sitting at home. But have you ever played netball before the basketball version without the backboard? Oh yeah. I've seen that. I think it's really popular in like Australia or New Zealand for women's Very teams. popular in Holland too. Oh, really? When I saw it. I was like, what the heck is this? I was so confused. Is the net the same height? No, it's, it's significantly higher. I think it's 12 oh. or something. Really? And, and it's like the rules are like you can't touch them. There's no dribbling. And you have to like the way you shoot, you have to fade or something. I could be – don't listen to me. Whoever's, whoever is a – I don't even know what it's called. Whoever's and listening, and actually, yeah. yeah, there's netballer. Whoever plays this sport and is like, this guy's butchering my sport. Please don't hate on me, man. I don't, I don't Imagine, know enough about it. If you're right, though, and you have to fade away on every shot, that's crazy. Yeah, I guess it's, it's kind it's, of like handball meets basketball. Yeah, basically like that, which I've seen a fair share of handball in Europe, and I didn't know what it was until I saw it, and I was like, yo. Handball's I thought there, I literally thought there was like four or five sports. Whatever was in high school, 
with the exception of like lacrosse because we didn't have it in high school. I was like, okay, this is it. <laughs> this is all yeah. the sports in the world. <laughs> yeah, like the big four, big five sports. Yeah. Yeah. And then little did I know, young yeah. and young and naive. <laughs> Europe is a whole new game. Yeah, Europe has opened my eyes. Well, we got some time on the clock still, Grant. It hasn't been too long yet. Is there anything else, Liam, that we need to go over? I know Grant's got some banger stories, some funny things that happen in Europe. Is there anything that you've left out? Yeah, actually, that was a good segue. Speaking of banger, someone put a bomb slash firework in my apartment when I was in Holland. Oh my God. Oh, and wow. blew and blew my door off. <laughs> like no what? way. So, so <laughs> let me, let me go into detail. So I woke up at like on a game day, I woke up at six in the morning to like a loud flash and a bang. Okay. The way my, the way my apartment set up is you have a door and then you have like a small entryway of like five feet and then another glass door for like the actual apartment. Mm-hmm. So someone put, it looked like a firework, but the when I was tra- when I got it, when it was translated to me, it was like a bomb. <laughs> and I was Whoa. like, yo, like I don't I don't think it would have killed me if it went and went off, but it was like it it was an explosion, like an explosive device. Yeah, Holy. and so they put it in my mail slot, and when it exploded, it launched my mail slot into the glass door and just like shattered it. And you, well, you woke up to this in the middle. Of- I woke up to this and I was kind of oh, like, oh no, it was like six in the morning. So I was like, kind of like, what the heck is going on? And I get out there and I just see glass everywhere. Wow. And it, it probably shot, shot, the, shot the glass a good 10 feet into the room. Whoa. So nothing like, no, I wasn't hurt or anything, but I was like, pissed. I was kind of pissed off. Cause like, you couldn't have done this two hours later when I'm up or <laughs> I'm not sleeping on a game day. All I could think about was like, and I'm not going to be rested for the game. Did you ever find so, out the reason? So who's the donor rival that did it? What team? Yeah, what, so that's my first thought was like, do we? Ha-? But the thing is, the team that we played wasn't a Dutch team; it was a, an Italian team at the time. Oh, so I was like, there's no way, and that wasn't like I was a star player; like I was a kind of playing on the bench and coming off the bench and playing smaller minutes. Yeah. So I was like, there's no one's, no one's going to target me. So apparently, I think I had to like file a police report and I had to win it and tell them what what happened. But they never told me, they never found the guys and they never told me what was up. But my theory is the guy before me, he was a bad tenant mm-hmm. to the, the landlord. And they were telling me that he like owed people money and oh he goodness. just like dipped. So he left. So I think they thought that he was still in that apartment because that was oh, the only okay. time. It wasn't like, because they, they never came back. There wasn't any crazy thing that happened to me. That was the only time I think they realized like, oh, he's not there anymore. Meanwhile, it's just this six nine lanky basketball yeah, player. Basketball player just and they're like, Do you because he's like, Do you have any enemies? I was like, I don't leave my house. I was like, the only, the only people I see are my teammates. Like, I don't do anything. I just play video games. What are you talking about? Do you have any enemies? Yeah. Finally figured yeah. out this Xbox outlet. Now I just can't leave. Yeah, for real. Yeah. No, I can't stop playing. It's funny because the, the game I that we played that day was probably my best game that season. No it's like my highest scoring game was that game, and I thought it was pretty ironic. But yeah, ironic. someone put a someone put a bomb in my door. That's you were crazy. you were alert and on edge. That's why. Yeah, that's right. I was paranoid. I was like, yeah. any day could be my last. I'm just gonna shoot like it. <laughs> yeah, shoot lights out. Yeah, I was telling you a bit earlier. I lived in Poland for a little bit, and so I had a little bit of a culture shock similar to you when you moved over to Slovakia. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But it was interesting because I was living with three buddies from Uvic, and we had this great spot where. Um, we could have a bunch of people over. It was this really old school apartment. 
And uh, one time we decided to have a potluck and two of my roommates uh, were away traveling. So just me and one other guy have a potluck and we got a couple noise complaints. And one thing leads to another, this potluck turns into this massive party. And we're like, okay, we, we got to get people out of here. Like we don't know what we were planning to leave. Anyways. Who do you know? Who do you know? Yeah. So there was one girl who is Swedish that also spoke Polish. And then when the police came, they're like, you've gotten so many noise complaints that we have to like kick you out of your own apartment as well. So just go do anything. Just like go leave, come back at like three, four in the morning when everything melts out. And this wasn't late. This was like nine thirty, ten o'clock. What and we heck? weren't even being that loud. We were just trying to get everybody out and they ended up kicking us out as well. And we were just like, are you kidding me? This is brutal. So some of these, I, I can totally relate to some of the weird stories in Europe because like they're, they're strange oh, at yeah. the time. But then when you tell people that, they, they're like almost excited for you because they're like, I can't believe how weird that was. But that's a classic story that you come out of this with. Yeah, yeah. It's just like a, just a weird... It's a funny story now, but at the time I was kind of like, what the heck? Like, yeah. why? Why me? Like, what, like, what did I do? What were some of the favorite places you've traveled to so far? Oh, man. Prague is beautiful. I love Prague. Prague was nice. Um, I've heard that, yeah. Yeah. Where London, in Prague were you? I'm trying to think of all over. So we stayed in one area, but I think I we went to like the castle district and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So it was nice because you could go across the bridge and be in like the mall and the shopping area. And then you go the other way across the bridge and you'll be like in this castle district. It was like, it was pretty crazy. Definitely like a tourist attraction. Like everyone goes to the castle and it's, it's very nice, very well kept too. Yeah. My favorite part about the culture over in that like part of Europe is that you can just go to these like Christmas markets outdoors and just have like oh, yeah. these really nice beers, malt wines, like all this cultural rustic food. It's so good. Yeah, that was probably one of my favorite parts of Germany is the those Christmas markets that last for like a month. <laughs> they just, oh yeah, they the start in like November and they end yeah. like mid January. Like, what are you doing? Yeah, like, just awesome yeah, going. Yeah, in Poland, uh, the bagel originated in Poland. So what would happen is like we'd be rushing to school, and we wouldn't have like any opportunity to eat. But there was always these little like bagel stands that you could just like pay. Uh, their currency wasn't a euro. It's called the zloty. So you'd pay like the equivalent of like 25 cents and just pick up like a couple bagels on the way to school. I ate so many bagels that I probably <laughs> left Europe with like an addiction to bread. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was a shock. It's crazy how cheap things are mm-hmm. over there and how I couldn't go to like a bagel place here. I go to a bakery, but like there'd be like stuff like in the street, like someone would take a temporary cart and have like a bagel cart. Yeah. Yeah. Like maybe in like New York or like these big cities, but not Vancouver, Washington. Yeah. No, not at all. Well, Tyler, anything you want to add to close it off here? Anything you want to bring up that we haven't touched on? Oh, I got one. Assuming NBA comes back and everything's safe and goes according to plan, let's hear your picks. I want a representative out of the Eastern Conference and the Western Conference. Who do you got in the finals? All right. So just because I'm stubborn, and Portland, I think really? Portland because, You're because so they, have, stubborn. they have, really? they have, they have a full squad. So they have Nurkic back. I could say that because they're getting healthy. If I, if they have the, the team that they ended with, no way. Mm-hmm. But the fact that they might be at full strength, I'm going to say Portland and I guess Milwaukee. Okay, that's like and, a cheap pick. That's. <laughs> well, I mean, like, I don't even like who else is going to be in the Eastern Conference in the East. Oh man, I'm expecting the Sixers to hopefully get their stuff together 
No, if they can figure out the Al Horford situation and how he fits in that rotation, it's going to work. The other team in the East that is definitely going to challenge the Bucks, though, is the Heat. Miami Heat, man. I'm a huge Jimmy Butler that's fan. That's true. That's true. That they, 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 could be, they could be the Portland of the East. <laughs> Tyler's waiting for somebody to say Toronto. No, Toronto's... Toronto's, Toronto's great. dead, man. I, I love Toronto's my favorite team. <laughs> Toronto's dead, man. They don't. They don't. <laughs> I don't know if they're going to be able to compete this year. I'll be honest. I, I love don't Toronto. Think so. I oh don't my think so. goodness, this is Liam. I don't think this I, I think blasphemy. I'm done. I think I'm with your with your takes on the Sixers and the anti Raptors. I think I'm just done. I don't I think I can say, have an honest conversation with the Raptors are my team, but I don't think this is a year they can compete. I think. I honestly don't think any team in the East is going to be able to take down LeBron and the Lakers. It's going to depend a lot on whether Dwight Howard end up coming back, though. But it's also interesting to see that J.R. Smith is potentially going to sign with the Lakers if Bradley doesn't come back. Yeah. I mean, to be honest, without getting too political here, I feel like they shouldn't. I feel like they shouldn't come back. No? Just with all the stuff that's happening with the protests and stuff like that, what better time than now to, like, make a statement? Yeah, absolutely. I agree with that. But completely. again, I'm I'm more of just I'm here to show my support because I'm supportive of the Black Lives Matter. So whatever they do, I'll support it. But yeah, the points that have been made about why to stop the league and not bring it back are very positive in understanding how they can impact the Black Black Lives Matter movement too. It makes sense. Yeah, it's crazy, man. This is an interesting time to be alive. That's for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I do want to ask you something kind of related to uh, basketball contracts. So there are a couple guys that are considering sitting out regardless if it comes back because they're in a contract year. What do you, what do you, what's your take on that? So for example, uh, Bertrand's from the wizards. They're a team that's not going to make it very far. He came back from injury this year, but he also had a career year and now he's in a contract situation. What do you think about that? He's not going to play. Man, that's always tough too, because like I first said, I've never been in like a contract situation. The one thing that I've learned from it's a different aspect of being a professional and being like college is like, you kind of have to be in lack of a better term. You kind of be selfish. It's about mm-hmm. like, this is your career. Like this is your livelihood. It's no longer like, I'm going to play. And that's the thing that kind of like when I first started playing, I was like, I would play with like injuries during practice and stuff. And there'd be times where like, I would go all practice and then I couldn't finish practice because like my hip hurt or something like that. And my coach Brian got in my face one day. I was like, stop practice. If you are hurt, stop practicing. Mm-hmm. So I think it's, it's kind of in the same way you got to do what's ever best for you. And it's different because obviously like that it's contract air and stuff like that. But, and with that situation with when you're kind of playing for nothing, yeah. Why put your health at risk? I don't know what I would do in that situation, but I'm sure. I'm sure he has a lot of people in that <laughs> that dude's ear talking to him about, "Yo, you should do this. You should do that." All right, Grant. Well, I think we're going to wrap it up. It's been it's been great chatting with you on a couple occasions now. Um, do you want to tell us how people can follow along with your basketball career? Uh, follow my grandma on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, she she does more stuff about me than than I. She posts more stuff about me than I do. Um, I guess just Instagram. Mm-hmm. It's just at Grant sitting. That's mm-hmm. that all lowercase. Uh, but definitely uh, yeah, go like, look for that Clackamas uh, poster. That you, oh, it's pretty deep. Out. Feel free, feel free to start digging. Okay, great. Just don't, just don't like anything past you know a year because then it's creepy. You know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Especially when it's like three the, more. You, when, you, 
when your when your heart rate drops and you're like, oh my gosh, I just like that photo. Yeah, <laughs> I actually two and a half actually, years ago. <laughs> I actually looked it up while we were chatting with you on yeah. Instagram, and in the immortal words of Chuck Saworski, that dunk is sick, wicked, and nasty. Like it is full body to body slam. It is. It's good. The, the best part is just watching everyone's reaction to it. That's that's my favorite part. We had yeah. some one of my one of my teammates' dads in there, and he's like doing some weird like hand motion over his head. <laughs> like it just it, it, so it makes yeah. sense why that kid retired yeah i mean it makes sense i hope it's not the reason why but it does make sense <laughs> love it it's a, yeah there's a couple times where there's there's certain teams who i'm not well liked because of you know dunks or, or game winners and stuff so part of the game yeah part of the game well we've had a blast getting to know you and talking hoops so does two episodes on the show make you a regular you think yeah i mean <laughs> I've already actually I've, I've I've started listening to some of the podcasts. Oh, right on! Yeah, perfect. Did you listen to the episode um, where we talked about our favorite NBA player? I'll listen to that when I get off. Actually, I got some hot takes. I'm a big Russell Westbrook fan. <laughs> you'll never you'll never be able to guess who Tyler's favorite NBA player though is. You'll have to see the message when you find out. No, no you literally will never be able to guess. Yeah, it's is he like <laughs> it's like a bench warmer. You'll appreciate um, it. No, 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 but he's not a focal point. Let's put it that way. He's a very important player. No team. Scalabrini either. Come on, you know what team? Brian Scalabrini played in, in the NWAC. The same. He's from. I think he's from Washington. Really? No way. Actually, yeah. no. Let's let's play this game. He's on the Raptors. Is so. it? Fred Van Bleek. No, love Freddie. Twenty-three off the bench in Game Six. It can't be. It's not Lowry, and it's not. Oh, Siakam. No, it's not. I mean, this, you mean this guy? <laughs> this guy on my back. I love. I jerk. love Lowry. Love Siakam. Not my favorites. I don't know enough about the. I don't know enough about the Raptors. Is he a European? Yes, he absolutely is. Is it? Is it Gasol? Big yes, Spain. Love that guy. <laughs> I love. Fair enough. Oh, yeah, that you guy. Know, fair enough. You got my respect for that. I yeah. respect that over Russell Westbrook. Yeah, oh, come thank on. You. Thank you. <laughs> What's the hate on Russell Westbrook? Man. Stash. He's good. Stats, stats he, he's, he's not. He's not like a bad player, but he definitely would not well, be my first pick. He's a bad three-point shooter. This is going to sound super dumb. I'm just going to say it anyways. I know he averaged a triple-double, but he just doesn't seem to make anybody better around him. Okay, so that's a good argument that I could definitely fight Okay, so here's the, here's the thing. I don't like the Rockets. I really don't like yeah. watching their style of basketball. But the way that they were able to eliminate the center position, play a smaller team, and have Westbrook as a slasher driving to the rim gets so mm-hmm. many more teammates involved because they double on Westbrook or he draws attention, and then they just swing it, and it works. Fair enough. He definitely has – a big reason why I like him is his explosiveness and his excitement on the court as well. I don't think he's – Besides, like LeBron and a few other guys, I don't. Yeah, no, I think I think he's 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 definitely a different breed of like intensity, and I like and I like that aspect. But I also think he can't be a go-to guy for a team. You know, no, No, he's in a good role where he's at right now. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, so who's your favorite NBA player? Gordon Hayward, baby. Oh, we did talk about this. Even (laughs) post injury, you're still on that bandwagon. Bandwagon? What if bandwagon, anything would be the bandwagon? <laughs> not a bandwagon. <laughs> I don't yes, think anybody's starting a bandwagon. Does he even have a Gordon Hayward bandwagon? Yeah, that would be. I think something. he has more. I think he has more fans playing video games and and Twitch streaming than he does <laughs> playing in the NBA now. <laughs> no, because I remember watching him in college, 
And I was like, oh, I kind of like this guy's game. And then I liked him when he was on the Jazz. And he's immortal. That makes sense. Like, yeah. he's not the best player in the league. But he's definitely not the worst. He's kind of in between. So mm-hmm. I, I kind of like that aspect, like the struggle of not being the most talented player or something like that. So He almost made that huge shot in the dance. I'll never forget that. And whenever I'm, like, playing pickup hoops, I always manage to get the ball and shoot. I literally call it Gordon Hayward shot and you just like try and throw it out and see if he bangs it in. No. Yeah, for real. Yeah, if you listen to the episode, you'll get some hot takes on uh, who our other favorite athletes in sports are as well. So check it out towards the end. Perfect. All right. Yeah, right on. Well, thanks again, man. Take care and we hope to see you on the court soon. Thanks, guys. So we just wrapped up our episode with Grant Siddon, where uh, he talked a little bit of pro ball, talked some NBA picks, and then a little bit of his personal life too. Let's actually preface this. We are re-recording our outro because we did it two months ago, and a lot of our NBA picks were just irrelevant. They didn't really make sense. It was before the bubble even started. And at the point we're in right now, the Raptors are going to go into Game 7 against the Celtics. So we want to talk a little bit of picks, don't we, Tyler? Yeah, well... Another reason why we're re-recording the outro is because in the first time we did the outro, you wanted to bet heavily on the 76ers. And I just want to bring that up. There's no proof because the tape got burned because it was, like you said, before the bubble even started. I'm going to give you credit, but I'm also going to knock you down here. So you were big on the Sixers. You loved the Sixers. And I said, whoa, whoa, whoa. They don't play well away from their home arena. So you're dead wrong there. But you did hit it out of the park with the Miami Heat pick. I got to give you credit on that one. I appreciate it. I, I mean, that Sixers call was pretty trash now that I look back on it. They're a team that they just don't fit well together and they got to make some big off-season changes. But the Heat, when they're clicking, they're clicking. And like like Jimmy Butler said, it's a business trip. Like These guys are there to play. They're there to knock the big dogs off the yard. Giannis, see you, buddy. Mm-hmm. Yep. Heading into the playoffs, there was two guys – in the Eastern Conference that gave me concern, that kept me up at night. Jimmy Butler was one of them. That guy, I know from just watching him in the years past, and especially last year with the Sixers, he was the one take, it wasn't Ben Simmons. He was the one initiating the offense and getting the ball up the floor and playing the lockdown defense. That guy's a problem, and he will be a problem for whoever, Raptors, they play in the second round. (laughs) Who is the second guy you're worried about? DJ Augustine. But DJ did have that. Yeah, he did hit that game winner in game one last year against the Raps, and I'll never forgive him for How is DJ Augustine still a starter? It kind of blows my mind a little bit. I guess he does start for the Magic. He's not. He's a great athlete. That's why, Liam. Wow. All right. Nothing but consolation for number two on my list. I mean, Jason Tatum to an extent, and that was before the Celtics series. And it's not comfortable watching him have the ball and watching like Pascal try and stay in front of him. But he doesn't strike the fear of God in me like LeBron did or Butler's getting pretty close to that Terry. So it's basically Butler, and then I'm not concerned about too much else other than that. Yeah, us, us both being Raptors fans, I'm more concerned when Siakam has a bad game. Oh, my goodness. Like this. this playoff run has been brutal for Pascal Siakam. Like, he's kind of just – I think he's had one or two good games where he scored over 20 points. But other than that, he's just been a non-factor. Siakam, when he's doing like the crossover dribbles and from the outside, and he just shows no intention on driving to the hoop, so he settles for a long jumper, or when he finally does drive to the hoop and then stops four feet short and kicks it out, it's like, what are you doing? 
That is literally what made you an all-star this year. And then I'm kind of wearing it a little bit. I've been on this podcast. I've been pumping up my guy, Marcus Gasol. It has been a rough go for the big Spain. I was so thrilled to see that he shaved his head before game six. I was never a fan of the long hair, Marcus Gasol, just from an aesthetics perspective. I think he looks much better with the shaved head. I mean, he played better in game six, but uh, eight points. Game five was hard to watch. No points, 0-4. I think he played 14 minutes or something. The matchup thing, or he just wasn't playing well. I couldn't really figure it out. And he almost fouled out in game six. Like, it's it's been rough. So, you just have to think of it. And, like, the non – just your average basketball fan will look at him like, wow, he's the worst player on the floor. He's still doing some stuff at the rim defensively. Like, he's not a disaster in his own end, but he's not even a factor offensively. And, hey – Game seven, baby. You got one game, and you can just change all of that history right there. So, Mark, give it to me. I want 13 and 10. 13 and 10. Okay. And a couple blocks. Let's run a few a few blocks there, too. Oh, yeah. He had, did you not see that one steal where he, like, deflected with his face last night? Like, if that's what gets him going, hey, get your hands, get your face in passion lanes. Let's go. Man, speaking of X factors, how about Nick Nurse just standing in the corner on the sideline, drawing a pass from Jason Tatum, just letting it go out of bounds? I don't know what the heck happened there. I told you earlier this, but I had to watch. It was my wife's birthday last night, so I had I brought the laptop to the dinner table and got reprimanded for it. But it was a single and double overtime. Like I had to watch. Yeah, and so I didn't really have the volume on too loud for them, but I saw the pass out of bounds. I didn't really hear an explanation of what the heck happened, but that was unbelievably important moment of the ball game. It's like, thank you, Jason Tatum. Yeah, it was. There's a lot of interesting stuff with the boy Nick Nurse uh, towards the end of the game. Kyle Lowry and him got a little bit heated at one point, but mm-hmm. I mean, that's just two competitive guys being competitive. But at the end of the game, Jason Tatum said it was on him, and then Jalen Brown kind of came to Jason Tatum's defense and, and said that Nick Nurse should not have been there, which I don't know. I'm kind of in between. Okay. I don't want to hear from the Celtics on that. Just save it. It was a bad play. It's a turnover. They happen all the time. It was a really bad one, but they happen. Siakam I, stepped out of bounds in game two. And Rome stepped on the line, game six. Like yeah. a couple bad turnovers. But something I do want to mention, though, is Grant's Blazers actually made a good push and made it to the Blazers were awesome to watch in the eight games leading up to the bubble. They were great in the first two games of the Lakers series, but LeBron and Anthony Davis especially, he kind of just took that one over and pushed mm-hmm. them on to the second round where they seem to be handling the Rockets. All right, we got game four coming up tonight. Should be a good one. I don't know. It's it's tough to read the Lakers, though. Like Going into this, they'd never had a third guy, like a consistent third option. Yep. And uh, you kind of need somebody to be that third option if – Davis and LeBron don't combine for like 60 points. You got to get some other guys involved. I know it's different. Like they had Kuzma step up one game, Rondo the other game. Uh, As long as those guys can keep filling, they'll make a good push. But if they go dead quiet, I don't know. It's going to be tough. They can't be led by those two guys alone. I know the Raptors have a long, long, long way to go to get the NBA finals, but I can't help but thinking I want to see the Lakers just because it's really only – LeBron and Davis but at the same time how many years did LeBron boot the Raptors out of the playoffs like even with not so great teams in Cleveland it's you want the lack of death but at the same time they have the two best players in the series so it should be a great rest of the rest of the playoffs I'm quite looking forward to it one last thing I want to mention and, and this yes. is obviously not the way we, we want it to go but if Toronto does get beat 
Uh, oh, come and on. And then it's Miami. Not gonna, no, no, just no, listen. Just listen. If Miami comes out of the East and then they play the Lakers and then they beat the Lakers, how sick would that be for Miami to come back and beat LeBron's new team? And for my boy Kelly Olenek to have an NBA championship parade downtown in Kamloops here, I'd, I'd be pulling for the guy. Love to hear it. Yep. I think we got to give a sh- one more shout out. Thanks to Grant for coming on the show for a second time. Always yes. a great time with that guy. Do love his take on ranch. I know that you don't, but uh, Grant, you're welcome back anytime. Also, when we spoke with him on the pod, he said, and this was, we talked to him months ago. So he said at that time, this was just as COVID was kind of kicking in and he was unsure about his contract at that point. Unfortunately, we don't have any news to pass your way about where he might be playing this year. I would imagine he's still open for options, still waiting for Europe to kind of sort their thing out and we're pulling for him. We absolutely are. I know right now he's just trying to get in great shape, stay out of the smoke from the wildfires and then probably enjoy some NFL football along with these NBA playoffs. It's nice having sports back, is it not? It absolutely is. All right, Tyler, tell me what the listeners can do if they're enjoying this podcast and want to help us out. Yeah, so if you're playing this podcast while you're watching the basketball games on mute, give us a five-star rating, subscribe, rate, interview our show on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Uh, We've got a great list of athletes that we need to start talking to and get some more episodes, but we're always open to new ideas. So let us know who you want to hear from next. You'll hear us uh, next Monday with a brand new episode of Give and Go Bikes. Have a great weekend, everybody. Or great week. Just enjoy the rest of your time doing what you're doing. Thanks for listening to the Give and Go Bikes podcast, supported by the Ubic Alumni Association. 